Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. luckiest girl in the world. I get to talk to the most amazing women on the planet and they share their light and their wisdom on this podcast. How much fun is that? Well, today I have got a superstar, Rosie Dalton. She's a woman that is a midlife coach and an inspirational speaker, blogger, and artist. And I just saw a recent painting and I have to tell you, understatement when she says artist. It was a masterpiece. She's passionate about helping women shift and revise their concept of aging, making their second and third acts of life their very best. I found this little quote on her website and I had to grab it. We midlife women have acquired wisdom that can only be gained by the life experiences we've all endured. And we are gathering up all the good, the bad, and ugly, and turning it into feminine rocket fuel. Well, Rosie girl, it is an <laughs> honor to be here with you today. You're a joy. You're just a shining light. You, you, your family, your sisters, your daughter, you're all so talented. But you know what? You've had some powerful teachers on this pathway that have given you great lessons that now you want to share with others. So please share with me and the audience a lot about Rosie and those experiences that have molded your life to where you are today. All right. Well, well, thank you, Mal. And it's an honor for me to be here and to speak to you and to everyone who wants to listen. And um, yes, I have had some, you know, major life events that have really informed my life, especially the, the second act. You know, 13 years ago, physically, and I do say physically, I lost my son, Sean, and um, I know he's still with me. He loves me. He's rooting for me, as are all your loved ones on the other side. I also went through really a, a soul-wrenching divorce. I lost my home. I lost most of my money. Ah! And um, I have found step by step, you can love life no matter what. And what I do and what I have done is every time I have a good experience or I feel happy um, or something, you know, tickles my fancy, I animate it within myself. This, this is how I started, you know, because in the beginning I, I couldn't even imagine smiling again or laughing. So I know there are women out here who have all kinds of, you know, life experiences, good, bad, and ugly, as Mel said, and... I think there's like a second life here. When you're in midlife, but I say midlife is the gift that keeps on giving if you let it. So there's a bit about me. And um, well, go ahead, Mel. So how do you open up to that flow of energy that you're talking about, that, that there is a joy, there is a happiness, but now you just shared you lost your beloved son, and yet you're able to turn your light back on and share that 
with other women. How, how do women tap into that, Rosie? Well, I, I think the first step is you have to feel what has happened in your life, acknowledge it, honor it, and then you move from there. I don't think you can skip over it because it will come back and bite you right in the ass. So you go through it. Uh, and this is what I did. This is the way I see. And for years, I uh, facilitated grief groups for parents. And what I saw over those years was that the people who tended to go straight through and feel it all um, came out better on the other side, a little more healthier, you know, up here and here um, physically. So, and but my bottom line always was is that I know there's more. And I also know there's divine help always, even when it feels like there isn't. I know it's there. It, it, it will never leave us. So, so what, so what I would say to a woman is, so you start there, you accept it, you acknowledge it, you, if you, as you can, if you can, begin to go straight through. And then you'll start to notice that, like, the first thing I noticed was that I enjoyed a cup of tea. I actually said, oh, my God, this tastes good. So I thought about that, and I remembered it. You know, the next day, like, oh, God, I, I had that cup of tea yesterday, and I liked it. Maybe there's more good coming. Maybe there isn't. But one step at a time. Why is it that we are so reluctant to feel our grief, show our grief? So many women who've lost children, lost husbands, they don't know how to grieve. And as you said, if you stuff it down, it's going to come back with such a vengeance. Mm -hmm. And I mean, rip you apart, implode your life. You, you've got to walk through that process. But why are we afraid to do it, do you think? Well, first of all, death isn't talked about. It's, it's in the corners. It's in the shadows. It's become unnatural. And I, I think we've lost also a, a sense of, you know, this isn't over. I, I think they used to know this isn't over. This is a transition. And yes, we have to deal with the physical loss and not being able to hold them and hear them talk back to us. Some of us can hear them talk back to us, but you can always know that they're, they'll never leave our side and they can dance across universes. So if society isn't talking about death, if we aren't, you know, talking to each other about death, if we're not able to verbalize, you know, our pain, if we don't have people who can uh, stand in the circle of fire with us, well, then how do you do it? So this is this is where you try to find your, you know, your resources, your people, um, anything that will um, give you solace. You look for the solace, and uh, you know, we I, I still do um, a big uh, grief conference at Kripalu with my sister Maureen and um, you don't have to get over it. You, you learn how to incorporate it into your life. You never have to get over it. Thank but you. you. Yeah. You For do have to. words. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Continue but, but, though. That's you know, the so important. Is, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. That is so important. Women think they have to get over it. You don't have to get over it. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but those were such important words. You don't have to get over it. No, but then the, you know, the second half of that is 
you have to learn to weave it into your life. And that's where I think you can begin to move forward. If, I think it's such a relief for some people like, oh, my God, I don't have to get over it, even though other people may want you to because it makes them more comfortable. So, oh, well, you know, you're never going to get over it and deal with me. That, that's how I kind of I have a little bit of spunkiness. So that's um, actually I lost my spunkiness for quite some time, but it's back. Uh, that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> now, you did something that I think also really helped you in that process. You started working in a grief support group to serve others. And sometimes when we take our pain and, and we don't focus on ours, but use it in a way to help others, I think is one of the most magnificent healing steps we can take for ourselves in that process. Yes. So serving others, always. It, it will always take you out of yourself. But I will say this about, you know, me creating those groups. I needed it for myself as well. So, you know, they often say the teacher teaches what she needs to know or he needs to know. So uh, that's really the truth of it. I, I needed it for myself. And yes, I, I would give heart and soul to my groups. Now, you've recreated a new electric loving marriage, a partner. And so share a little bit of, of that whole experience going from terrible betrayal, divorce, losing your home, to now connecting to this wonderful soul and creating Act Two. Well, you know, um, so I, I'm, you know, my, my first husband, I think, you know, we were together for a reason and then it became that we shouldn't be together. So I, you know, I, I wish him all the, the love and luck in the world. I want him to be happy, as happy as I am. So with this, you know, my, my new husband, we are wonderful companions. And when I started dating again after my divorce, I... I, I said to myself, like I had said to other women, look at men with new eyes. You know, you're a big girl now. Look at them with new eyes. And that's how I moved forward. And I, you know, I believe David and I were destined to meet. He is the number one um, attribute I, I looked for um, in a man was kindness. He had to be kind. And if he wasn't kind, that was it. I didn't spin my wheels, didn't waste my time. And I had a little bit of a, a learning curve when I first started dating. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know men. and um, But, again, I moved for one step at a time, and I forgave myself for, you know, the, the mistakes I made. So, you know, life isn't perfect. There you go. What specific tips could you give to a woman that now wants to create a new relationship in her life, have a new partner. Maybe, you know, that's it. maybe it's not a marriage, but just even to have that companion. Um, it's very threatening to start over, you know, and especially when you are in midlife. It's, you're not 25 now. You're midlife and you're starting over. So how does one recapture their self-confidence, you know, to do this? Okay, so, and I'm sure people have heard this before, you start with yourself. 
you start loving life yourself. You start entertaining yourself. You go on little adventures. You begin to love life. So that's what you're also bringing to the table. And like oftentimes attracts like, and not that you won't get some clunkers, you will, or you may, I shouldn't say you will, you may, but you're okay, you know, you and you go on a date, and you're not sitting there saying, is this going to be my next, you know, relationship? You're saying, does he work for me? Not do I work for him, does he work for me? That's where I began. I wasn't, um, I approached midlife dating far differently than I did as a, you know, a young woman. So love yourself, entertain yourself, that's where you begin. And you, you know, what are your, um, what would, I can't think of the word, what is it, what's the rule, what's the rule breaker? Uh, is that the thing, you know, what would, um, what, can, what can't you accept right. in another human being? And you stick to it, and you come in, you know, with, with um, boundaries, but somewhat of an open heart and curiosity, you know, and, but you can always, you know, after a, a, a date that maybe doesn't seem so great, you come home to yourself and loving yourself, you know, what do you love in life? Find out, what are the things I love now? That's where you start, that's my opinion. I think women, and you're emphasizing this right now in this conversation, I think women need to be very happy with themselves, their life, being alone, feeling complete mm -hmm. on their own. Nice. Then you become a better magnet to attract somebody who's going to fit into that life. I think yeah. when we go out looking for someone to complete the life, we drop the boundaries, we overlook the game changers, things that normally we wouldn't accept. You start compromising on your standards because you're looking to fulfill yourself. And it doesn't work. Yeah, you can never... You can't compromise. You can't. That's betrayal of self. You you just can't. And you know, I I know it's not the most easy peasy thing to do, but if you begin internally and live that way, you know, that's even, you know, second half, you create the rules. You decide what your life experience will be. You'll decide what you'll accept from, you know, our culture. Does that work for me? Most of the time, no. It doesn't, as a matter of fact. And like you say, you're, you're not looking to complete yourself, you're looking to enhance your life. So you, always the question is, will this person enhance my life? Hmm. I like that. Yeah, well, that's a nice way of looking at it. I also love the way you said that you started with very simple appreciation. Mm -hmm. You know, when, you're, when are you, you've just gotten divorced or had a loss, you know, you're at this place of discomfort and pain. And it's up to us to find just the tiniest little grain of joy in our day. And you started with just a cup of tea. And that was the first seed that you planted in that garden of feeling good again and happiness and abundance. It started with tea. What was your next appreciation? I started, I put lipstick on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the next thing I did. And, and really, quite frankly, it, it was shocking to me. You know, it was almost like a hand took the lipstick and, and put it on, but I, and I washed my hair. Um, I had gone for 
some time without even washing my hair. I just, I didn't care about anything. I mean, other than my daughter, I, you know, of course. But, you know, as far as life went, I could care less. Mm -hmm. I thought it was over. So, um, yeah, that was the next thing. And then um, I love to go out to lunch. <laughs> I like to go out to lunch. I like good food. So I had a friend, Lorna, who would take me to lunch. And, um, but I will say, even to this day, you know, um, I have my, my really down days, my really, I'm really in rough shape, but I always believe I'll come back because again, I keep feeling when it comes to me, the loss, it's, I think the soul saying you have a little more work here and let's, let's address this so that again, so you can clean it up and you can keep moving. Um, but gratitude, huge for me. Uh, when I'm really down, I if I can write down five things that I'm grateful for, it it's helpful. And I love that you still allow yourself to have these off days. You know, this journey is not about perfection, especially when we get to a point of midlife. It really is allow ourselves to have a bad day. There's nothing wrong with having a bad day. It doesn't make you flawed or imperfect or anything else. You're entitled to it. Yes. So yes. allow it. You, you need it, you know, you need it for growth. Yeah. So yeah, allow it. You know, so maybe you curl up in a ball and you, you read a book or you say you have a cup of tea or you just zone out. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think women give themselves permission to do that. They think that they always, in a way, have to be on, and, and we don't. And that's a lesson, a big one for me. I always thought, oh, I've always got to be positive, always got to put my happy face on, always got to show up looking strong. Well, you know what? You don't have to. I woke up this morning feeling very sad. Yeah. Okay. And I said, I'm going to allow myself that, and I'm going to figure out why. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's it's life. You wake yeah. up one day and you're saying, gee, you know, I'm feeling a little challenged. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what I found out, Mel, too, that worked for me? Um, I, I have begun to speak to myself, like, really sweetly and gently saying, oh, honey, yeah, this is, this is a rough day, sweetie. That's how I, I, most of the time, talk to myself. But it's, it's really become ingrained. And I, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to to comfort myself, to find solace, but I speak to myself differently, and that's huge for women as well. I was doing the exact same thing before this show. Mm -hmm. You know, it's talking to that inner child and saying, this is okay, we've got this, and yeah. today may be a bumpy day, yeah. but that's okay. We can do yeah. a bumpy day. Yeah, we're good yeah, with that. She's a part of us, Yes, our little girl. She, yes. just, she always will be. Yes, and we need to treat her with love and kindness. Mm -hmm. And I read a wonderful quote in a book um, the other day that I'm reviewing for Shannon Kaiser. And she said, when we grow up, we need to be the person that that little girl can depend on that maybe wasn't there when she was small. This is our opportunity to comfort that inner child, that little girl that maybe didn't get that comfort when she was younger. We can be that person now. And I yeah. thought that was so powerful. 
And that's the way I treat myself on a bad day. I am the nurturing support for that inner child when she's having a bad day. Yes. Bravo. And <laughs> so <laughs> so what are some of the other practices that you like to put into place? I mean, I know that you're a recognized teacher at Kripalu, teaching women, you know, embracing this life, enjoying where we're at. So what are some of the favorite things that you love to teach and do, Rosie? I, well, I love retreats. I love taking care of women. That, to me, fills me up and makes me feel like a million bucks. I have always been a caretaker. It's a part of my, you know, makeup. Um, I, I love creativity. I love um, resources and tools. You know, I was trained by Martha Beck, and she is a font of magical wonderfulness so she taught me and that's what I like to teach women here are the tools here are the exercises but everything's really juicy and vibrant see this is what midlife is to me juicy vibrant second chance all these things it's not anything that our culture is uh, championing except for us for midlife women and men I'm, I'm, I see men um, jumping on board as well but I, I love retreats I love workshops I love teaching creativity. I do um, women's creativity workshops. I have a wonderful uh, workshop coming up in October um, here in uh, Marblehead. This town is just, it's full of beauty and it's inspirational and yada yada. But that's, you know, something that I love to do. And I have, um, I have a midlife women's retreat in January at Kapalu, Embracing the Ageless You. So these are things that jazz me up. These are the things that give me more energy. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I didn't know you were trained by Martha Beck. That's wonderful. Yeah, she has yeah. A, a really terrific program. Oh my gosh, she's she's out of this world. She's she's really she's a really unusual being to me. Mm -hmm. And she's yeah. also had her own challenges. You know, um, the way she was raised. Now her son. Uh, she. And she's so powerful in living her life authentically and also empowering others on that yeah. path. There's a you know a saying within the you know the, the coaching community, her coaching community, is that you live it to give it. So that's what she did. That's what she encourages us to do through you know uh, our coaching practices. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So tell us, how did you meet your husband? I met my husband on Match.com. <laughs> <laughs> For all those women out there that probably are saying, I wonder how she met that wonderful man. And I've seen pictures of him. He's a hunkster. Yeah. He, oh, he is. Yes. He really is. That's, that's the cherry on top. But who he is, is, oh, you know, I, I thank my lucky stars. I thank God um, because he is. He, he's such a good man. He's, and that's what you're looking for, a good man. And a good man who um, you're not giving into a void. You know, it's reciprocal. We're, you know, uh, again, being a good companion is huge. Um, we're not exactly alike. Um, and that doesn't, we respect each other and we respect our differences. Um, but we come together really well. Um, and I met him, so I'm going to say this. Ooh, excuse me, I'm shaking the screen here. Okay. Women, if you can meet them, 
so I met David in person. There was a like a meet and greet type of thing. And I think those things are great because you get to see the real person and not just the, you know, the uh, the best foot forward all the time. Um, so we got to chat and get to know each other. And then from there, it developed. So and I this is something that I did in my profile on Match.com. I did not say I want this. You have to be that. Because I wanted the real person to show up. I didn't want to give any clues as to what I needed. I just wanted the real guy to show up. And they will show you who they are pretty quickly. So either for, for good or, or not so great. Um, and it, not that it isn't scary. It is. But then you, you make your little tribe around it. So you have your girlfriends, your sisters, your whoever, your daughter help you with it and manage it. And here's something. So these are just little asides. I would go on a match.com date and I would get there early and I would tell, you know, the uh, maitre d', the host, hostess, hi, I'm here on a match.com date. And if he carries me out of here, I do not belong to him. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Good planning. Safety. Yeah. 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 So you have to be safe and you have to have boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, again, you know, be curious. And you know, have somewhat of an open heart. Yeah, you've got you've got to be open minded and just sort of you know take it all in. Don't be too quick to judge. Mm -mm. And yeah. I I think we all can do that. We can be too quick to judge somebody. Um, how long have you been together now? Hmm. It, I think it will be five years since five years in September. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And we were married last September. Oh. Oh, so your first anniversary is coming yeah. up. Oh, yeah. how exciting. That's <laughs> that no wonder you're glowing. That's wonderful. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for you. That's wonderful. Wow. Um <clears throat> you're gonna be at Kripalu in January. Do you want to yeah. give us a little preview of what you're gonna be teaching out there for our listeners? Sure. So um I am all about um exercises to you know I, I want people leaving with concrete tools um things to do to set things in motion not to have all you know you have all this wonderful feeling when you're in the retreat but what do you do when you go home so i'm very focused on that i mean again it's it's very inclusive accepting but it's like hey have you tried this have you thought of that do you know this person have you read this um <clears throat> so it's a, and it's Again, it's forming a little tribe. So I would love some of these women to, you know, know about each other, you know, befriend each other, create or even know how to create their own little tribe when they get home with these exercises and tools. And, you know, midlife is not a dirty word. It is it's a powerhouse of possibilities. That's honestly how I look at it and I know it to be true, but you have to get yourself, well, what are the possibilities? How do I begin this? You know, what, how do I use this feminine rocket fuel? Mm -hmm. How do I motion? So, so that's, you know, I hope that's answering your question. No, it um, is. Absolutely. Who do you like to read? I think that's always important. Oh, who don't I like to read? Right. Um, <laughs> no, that's, the, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm an avid reader, so. Yeah, you know, I have kind of segued away from reading about other people, and I now I'm pouring out what's in inside me 
in you know my blogging. Mm -hmm. So I can't think of anyone. I I I tell you people I love Martha. I love all her books. Martha Beck, um, Brene Brown. Oh, you know, yes. you know, daring greatly. You know about being vulnerable. Um, who you know I I have different sites I go on that are now dealing with uh, midlife. You know, um, I'm trying to think of. Um, can't think of, of anyone right now and I also I'm more involved with my own um, practices you know my own rituals and things like that so I'm looking less outwardly yep. than I am inwardly and yeah. yeah so that's the soul having it say you know it's yes. like okay you've done your work you've done your research yeah. I, I agree I, I spend a lot of time in meditation just in contemplating you know, how my life looks, the lessons I've learned, how do I, you know, continue to apply them. Mm -hmm. uh, and you touched upon a very important point that I think women need to realize, even at this age, we, we need to open ourselves up to be vulnerable. It's part of the growth process. It's part of moving on in life. We cannot put up a shield and think that we will continue on in life and make loving connections with others and create the life we want if we're not vulnerable. Being right. vulnerable is really an element of beauty. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's allowing ourselves to feel. Yes. I had a conversation yesterday with a woman who said since her divorce she realizes oh she has great women friends and she's out all the time but she's really put a lock on her heart as far mm. as a man. Mm. She, 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 she's afraid to be vulnerable. Ah, okay. You know, and that is, that's a stone wall. And it's going to keep you separated from finding love again. All right. And I just, I'm curious. I'm curious about this lady. Did she use the words, I put a lock on my heart? Did yes. She use that, okay. was, that was her exact words. Okay, so when you speak with her again, so I'm, I'm also, um, have been an energy medicine practitioner, and when I hear that phrase with women, there's an energetic component to that, that um, it's also a physical, you don't want your heart locked physically as well, because that means contraction, that means hardening, those type of things, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm just a little concerned for her. Mm -hmm. Now, she can, I understand, of course, you know, she's, she's afraid. You can be vulnerable appropriately. So you put the feelers out. Can I trust here? And if you cannot, but see, she's got to get to that part. Can I put the feelers out? Can I at least do that? And then maybe if you need to withdraw, you do that. So you have healthy boundaries. But yeah, maybe she should read that book now, you know, Daring Greatly. Yeah, I think it's when we're vulnerable, it's also a little bit about trusting ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know? you're it's right. trusting ourselves. And you have I, to get to that level of, I trust myself to be able to discern what I need, what I don't need, what feels right for me and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and, and to me, that's a midlife gift, discernment. You know, and, and if you don't feel that you have discernment, begin to practice it benignly. You know, just a little, little, a little venture here, a little venture there, something that cannot hurt you, that you know cannot hurt you, and then you go to the next level. All right, this is a little more oh, scary. Okay, let me try it. Let me try it. 
and then you can always you you come home to to your heart and your uh, divinity. So, you know, if you think of yourself as divine, then m maybe this could be a little less scary. Mm, I love that, Rosie. You are a shining light. How can our, the audience reach out to you? Please give us your website address and any other information. Sure. So I am Coach Rosie Dalton, R-O-S-I-E, Coach Rosie Dalton, all lowercase.com. And then that will bring you to my website. I'm also a super visual person, so I'm on Instagram, also Coach Rosie Dalton. And then I'm on Facebook, so um, I'm both Rose Dalton and Rosie Dalton. So, you know, um, I post a lot on Instagram because I love the pictures and I love um, conveying a message with a picture. To me, that's like, oh, I can get right into this, you know, I both putting it out there and, you know, engaging with other women. And there is a huge clan of midlife women out there. So, yeah, that's those those are the ways you can um, contact me. I oh, love I, your photos. Love them. Oh, thank oh, you. are awesome. Thank you were on this little scooter in your backyard. What was that little thing you were riding? <laughs> you were doing selfies. I was... That was my granddaughter's little, um, little, uh, yeah, little thing. And uh, so here, so here's something. I, I, I was afraid to go on that thing because actually the hill was kind of steep. Oh. And I had to really squish myself in there, and I thought to myself, oh "My God, I I could break a bone, I could break my back, I could ba 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 ba." And I said, "No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna risk, I'm gonna dare." And you heard me screaming with delight, and my daughter is running behind me, filming me. <laughs> oh, it was adorable. I loved it. Oh, it was great. Oh, thank you so much for this time. It's beautiful to share this with you. Thank you, Mel. Thank you so much. And this was this is wonderful. And Love and yeah. blessings to everyone. Thank you. You're, okay. you're just a doll. Thank you. So you appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Blessings, girl. Okay, thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and please leave a favorable review at iTunes. Be sure to visit Malduane.com for Mal's six-part video series, Heal Your Wounded Heart and Reclaim Your Worth.